It's just good to be a small part of a, of a big move of God. Amen? Amen? Thank you for being here. Let's stand together. John chapter number 4, verse number 46. We'll read the scriptures together and uh, pray this message will be a help and encouragement to you as I studied it this week. Verse 46 of John 4. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down ere my child die. Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth. And himself believed and his whole house. This is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea in the Galilee. I want to preach this morning on this thought, a miracle, a miracle for the whole house. A miracle for the whole house. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be here this morning. Thank you for every song that's been sung. Thank you for your presence that's always in this place. Help us, God, to never take that for granted. Thank you for each one that's here for the word of God. Thank you for it is what will change our lives today. Speak to us through your word. Encourage us today. Fill me with your spirit. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for all that you do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. and Thank you for standing. In these verses... I noticed in verse number 46, the Bible mentions a nobleman here. That's an interesting word, a noble man. It's someone, uh, when you study that word, that is from a royal family. That word, a certain nobleman, is a king's nobleman. It's, it's this nobleman, if you study it and you think about it in the right light... It's, it's not just a common person. This nobleman would be someone that by birth or by office, that was a somebody in society. That's the way that you need to look at this man that we are reading about this morning, this certain nobleman. Uh, he, he's a somebody. And, uh, and I begin to study about this nobleman uh, maybe of a royal family, of, of a king's family, uh, 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 by birth or by office. Uh, this would be someone that maybe some of you folks would know, but I definitely probably wouldn't know him. Uh, uh, it would be one of those people that 
I probably would never uh, eat supper with, probably wouldn't get invited to such a nice residence or be around someone of this stature. I'm telling you, this nobleman was a very noble person. They was very well-to-do, very high-standard individual when we read about this nobleman in the text. But I want to remind us that whether you are a somebody in society or whether you would consider yourself a nobody, or maybe you would consider yourself, I'm not a somebody and I'm not a nobody, I'm kind of like somewhere in between. As I begin to study about this nobleman, the Lord reminded me that hard things come to all people. Did you hear that? Hard situations come to all people. Hard situations will come to you if you're rich. Hard situations will come to you if you're poor or somewhere in between. Hard situations come in life if you belong to a king or if you're a part of the president's family or if you're uh, some huge congressman or if you're just someone that stands on the side of the street begging for a little bit of money just to get you something to eat. Hard situations come to all people. If you agree with that, say amen. 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 So we see here is a certain nobleman of a royal family, of a great birth or by great office. But then in verse number 46, let's see his son. It says, so Jesus came again to Cain of Galilee where he made the water wine and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. We find as we study about this young man's sickness, the Bible teaches us that this young man had a fever. He had a fever. And the Bible also teaches us, and we'll look at it here in just a few minutes, that this sickness and this fever, this young man was right at the point of death. So we read and we study that this very well-known nobleman had a son who wasn't just sick, but he was fixing to leave this world. This sickness was a very serious sickness. As I begin to study about this sickness and this fever of this nobleman's son, uh, the Lord reminded me, you know, there's times in every single one of us that's ever had children has experienced this. There's times when your children are small. If you'll think back on it, boy, there'll be a, there'll be a cough that sounds like a croup, and you'll say, oh, man, I hope they're going to be all right. They've got this deep-sounding cough. Or they'll be pulling on their ear, and they'll be crying, and you'll say, man, we maybe need to take them to the doctor. They might have some type of earache or some type of ear infection. Or when they get a little bit older and they say, they say, mom or dad, my throat's sore or my throat's scratchy when I swallow. But, but you'll relate to this as a parent or a grandparent. There's something different when that child begins to run a fever. And especially when that child begins to run a high fever. 
And you begin to give them medicine in that little cup and, 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 and the fever just won't go down. And it just seems like the fever's getting worse and it's, and it's getting worse. And, and, and then there's been times in my house as our children were small and their fevers would just be spiking. I mean, it was like you, you call the doctor and, and why is it that when a child's going to run a fever and it's going to get that high, why is it it usually starts at 1 a.m. Or, or 2 a.m. or 3 a.m., amen? Why don't it ever happen during the day when you can just leave right then and take them somewhere? It seems like if those fevers spike in the middle of the night and there has been times that I have prayed and, and prayed and God said, God, please touch our babies and pray and pray and pray. And I remember one time in particular, uh, one of our children was spiked with a fever and Tina would rock the baby and rock the baby and rock the baby and we would pray and instead of the fever getting going down, it was almost like the more we prayed, the higher the fever got. And I'm like, God, please touch our baby. Do something, God. And sometimes that would go on all through the night and into the next day. But how many of us can say amen when that fever would break? And you'd be like, whew, thank you, Lord, that that fever has broken and that baby's getting back to normal. Well, here's the situation with this nobleman. This man of high standard, this man of a well-to-do society has a son who is just about to leave this world because of this fever. The Bible says in verse number 47, at the end it says at the point of death. That means ready to die or would die or about to die. So let's see what this nobleman did in verse 47. And when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death. Let me be reminded to all of us that no matter who we are, no matter our standings in life, there will be times when there is no one else can help us but Jesus. There will be times no matter how much money you have in the bank or how much, how much uh, uh, people you're around or how big your influence is in life, even if you have no influence, there's times in life that there's nowhere else to turn to. And, and we see this man is in this condition. He had heard where Jesus was. Very simply, he went to Jesus. And even simpler than that, he asked Jesus to come down. And his prayer request was, Jesus, would you come down to where we are? And would you heal our son? Would you touch my son, Jesus? An interesting response that Jesus gives this man in verse number 48. Then said Jesus unto him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. You're not going to believe unless you see some kind of sign. You will not believe until you see some kind of wonder. And Can I say to you as... I began to read this verse. The Lord dealt with me about this. And I want you to hear this real good. If you're in a situation this morning and you need help, the song was 
come here, come here and get some help. If you're in a situation this morning and you need some help, can I remind you where your help's coming from? Our help is not coming from a lightning bolt that we might see shoot across the sky. God, if you would just give me a lightning bolt, then I'll know you're real. Our help this morning is not coming from a red bird that lands on a fence post. Are you with me? Our help this morning is not coming from the power going out or the power coming back on. Now, I know that God is able to do however and whatever he wants to do to get our attention. But if you and I are going to get some help this morning, the help that we're going to get has to come from his word. It has to come from his word. And how many times have you and I ever done this? God, if you'd show me something, I'll know you're real. God, if you'll help me with this, I'll know, I'll know what to do. If you'll just send that shooting star across the sky, I'll know, God, that you're hearing my prayers. I'm ashamed to tell you this, but I did that this week. (laughs) And maybe the Lord gave me this message just for me. Let me tell you what happened to me this week. Me and my wife was fixing to go on vacation just a couple of weeks ago. And I get a phone call right before we leave. And this gentleman says, we've had camp meeting at the Tri-County Baptist Camp for years. And Dr. Bob is not going to be able to be there. He's sick. He's in his 80s. He's not going to be able to make it this year. He's been preaching here for eight or ten years. He said, I was down in my barn praying, asking to God for leadership, and the Lord dealt with me to call you, Brother Watkins. Can you come and preach at this meeting? He said, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, all the flyers has already been handed out. Everything's already been taken care of, and your name is not on anything. Would you be willing to come and preach? I said, yes. So I get there Monday night. The moderator, the man who called me, gets up and says, Dr. Bob is not going to be here this week. He's sick. And we have Brother Watkins with us. Well, everybody there goes. (laughs) I'm sitting over there thinking, you don't know me and I don't know you. So I get up there to preach Monday night, and it goes okay. But it it just ain't what I'm thinking it was going to be. Well, then people's probably thinking, you ain't nothing we thought it was going to be. So afterwards, as some people come up to me and shook my hand and said, we was real disappointed that Bob's not here. And I was like, I don't know who Bob is, but I'm disappointed Bob ain't here. (laughs) One fellow actually shook my hand and said, it might work out pretty good, but we sure do wish Bob was here. (laughs) So I preached Monday night. And these people love this man of God. They love him. And there I sit, and they don't have a clue who I am. Well, then I go back Tuesday night and I preach, and it's okay. 
I mean, it's good. There's some people come and prayed and, and there were some good things happened Monday night and there's some good things happened Tuesday night and there's some people said they got some help. But I could tell it was just something just wasn't right. So here we go into Wednesday night. Now I'm preaching about I need, I need a sign. I need something from heaven. And I've got two different messages on my heart and I don't know which one to preach. And I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I don't know what to preach. And I walk outside in the front yard and I actually did it. I looked up in the sky and I was like, God, if you'd show me something. If you'd show me something, I'd know what, I don't know what I was looking for. I don't know why, if I was expecting God to put the title. The, I don't know what I was doing, Brother Rue, but I was begging God, God, show me something. So I stood in the front yard and I looked this way for about five minutes and all I seen was blue skies and clouds. And I was like, God, you ain't show me. So I turned this way and I was like, God, show me something. I was like, show me something. God, I don't know what to do. God, I don't know what to do. God, would you just give me something? I'm desperate. There's some of you folks this morning, you got some stuff going on in your life and you're desperate. And you're just reaching out and you're saying, God, give me something. God, show me something. God, do something. And he's telling this man, he said, he said you're not going to believe unless there's some kind of wonder or there's some kind of miracle or there's some kind of something that, that you can see. And I leave my house. I drive an hour and ten minutes to this meeting and I get there and I have nothing. And Jackson reaches up and grabs me by the shoulder and him and Abigail says, we're going to pray with you tonight. And they begin to pray with me. I said, pray that God will give me something. I don't know what I'm even going to preach. And I'm in the parking lot. We walk into the church. I said, I got to go to the altar. I go to the altar. I'm in the altar and I'm praying. I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to preach. I don't know what to say. And Abigail leans up. She says, Dad, during the singing, God will show you. Well, they sing. Nothing comes to my mind. Joe, I'm in trouble. And I get up behind the pulpit and I say this. Has anyone got a testimony? Hoping that they'll testify for about 20 minutes so I can dismiss the service and we can go home. And then a word. Did you hear what I said? There wasn't a bird flew in the service. The power didn't go out. The Holy Spirit gave me a word. And he spoke it into my heart. And I said, okay. And that night, because of the word from heaven, not because of the word from me, God did something that night. And God broke down all barriers. And from Wednesday night to Thursday night, to Friday night, we had a revival. But you know where it come from? It come from a word. A word, not from a man, but a word from God. Are you with me? A word. I don't know what you need this morning. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what you're dealing with. But if you need help in your life, it will come on your knees 
and the Holy Spirit speaking a word into your life that will change you forever. Are you with me? The word of God is what changes people. When you open your Bible and the Lord gives you you that word. When the Lord gives you that verse. When the Lord deals with you about that scripture. That is what is going to change your life. If you're with me, say amen. And I began to study this text. God reminded me of that. Look at verse 49. The nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down ere my child die. When this nobleman calls Jesus sir, you've got to understand what he is saying. Because this nobleman is a somebody. This nobleman probably has royal blood flowing through his veins. This nobleman is someone of great authority. And this nobleman is a very important person. But this nobleman responds to Jesus by calling him sir. And that word sir means supreme in authority. That word sir means controller. And that word sir means master. It don't matter who you are in life. And it don't matter your social standing. When you realize that you can't make it on your own. And you realize that there is no one else in this world that can help your family but one. And that one I'm preaching about, his name is Jesus this morning. And when you go to him and you fall before him, you will have no problem calling him master. Because you realize they can't no one else help you but the master. And here is this nobleman calling Jesus, sir. He said, come down air. He said, come down before my child dies. And notice verse 50. Jesus said unto him, here's the word. Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the, what's the next word? Word. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. What you need today is a word from the Lord. What you need today is direction from Jesus. What you need today is open the word of God and pray and say, God, direct me to the scripture so that I can have wisdom to know what I need to do in this situation because everybody's got an opinion. I'm going to quit looking for a rainbow. I'm going to quit looking for a bird to land on the porch and I'm going to open the word of God so the word of God can direct me and teach me and show me what I need in my life. The word is what that man heard. He heard the word of Jesus. Amen? I'm just curious. By a raise of your hand, who right now is seeking God for some kind of direction in your life? Just raise your hand. I'm seeking for some kind of... Wow. You can put your hands down. Then you need the word. The Lord's word will show you what you need. 
It'll teach you what you need when you need it the most. A little side note that I mentioned in the 830 service, and I want to mention it here. There's something in this, Grayson. And Grayson, the reason I called your name out is because sometimes me and you talk about these little somethings that I can't figure out what the something is yet. Notice in verse number 47, I want to point something out to you and then we'll finish the message. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son. I realize we're talking of location here, but he's wanting Jesus to come down to where his son is. Notice in verse number 49, the nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down ere my child die. Here's the request again, Jesus I want you to come down to where he's at. Jesus, I want you to come down to where my son is. But notice verse number 51. And as he was now going down. He requested twice for Jesus to come down. But now we find this nobleman, he is the one that is going down. And while he, that means to descend, while to descend, while the nobleman is going back down to where his son is sick, we find that his servants are coming up to where Jesus is at. There's something in that. You say, tell us what it is. I don't know yet. But they something in that, amen. They something in that. Look at verse number 51. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. This man has got a word from the Lord. He said, Your son is going to live. Your son is going to be okay. And here is this nobleman as he is going down to meet, to go to his son. The servants are coming up to where Jesus is at and they meet on this journey, one going down and some coming up and they meet on this journey and they're saying, hey, your boy's okay. He's okay. Now, these servants had no idea where the nobleman what Jesus had told. All they know is, is these servants are watching over this son. And as these servants are watching over this son, the same thing that I explained this morning, earlier in the message, the fever broke in their luck. He's going to be okay. We've got to go tell the nobleman that he's going to be okay. Verse 52. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth. Isn't it amazing that Jesus can be a day's journey away from the sick son and Jesus can speak a, and a day's journey away, the son is healed. And not only a day's journey away, the son was healed, 
But it was at the very same time that Jesus said, your son is going to live. Now you've heard this testimony and you can verify that it's true. I won't mention the name, but you'll know who I'm talking about. I've got a preacher friend of mine who left his house. He was saved when this happened. And he left his house after graduation and he went to the beach with some friends. And while he was at the beach with some friends, he got in some trouble. If you've ever gotten in trouble before, say, man. Son, there's a bunch of you has been in some trouble. <laughs> I'm glad I ain't never been in trouble. <laughs> and, and he got in some trouble down there and he told me he got put in jail. And he gives the testimony that when he got put in jail, his mother wasn't home. And the same hour that he got put in jail, his mother had a burden all of a sudden that something was going on with her boy. And she began to pray that wherever he was at and whatever was going on with him, that God would touch him and God would help him. The very same hour, about five hours apart. You believe that can happen or you believe that's foolishness? It happened. And he said, I'll never forget my mama telling me that. Why'd you tell me that, Preach Keith? Hey, listen to me, Mom. When the Holy Spirit begins to deal with your heart to pray for your children, He's give you that word in your heart. You better get to praying. And when you ask one of your children, hey, how you doing? And they look at you the way all of ours do and say, oh, I'm doing good. But there's something in you saying, no, they're not. Listen to the word of God. Don't ignore the word of God. Don't trick yourself in your mind saying, oh, she's probably doing pretty good or he's probably doing pretty good. I don't know why I'm getting all these thoughts in my mind. You know, sometimes the devil just messes with me that way. Hey, it might be God trying to give you a word. Pray. 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 And when you get burdened for that neighbor or that friend or that co-worker or that church member, the Lord might just be speaking a word to you to let you know there is a reason that this is in your heart. Hey, mamas, every mama in the building, if you've ever been going through life and you got burdened for one of your children or one of your grandchildren, just boom, out of nowhere, hey, moms, raise your hand and keep them up just for a minute. So you thought you was the only one that felt that. There's a reason. I ain't going to get us dads to raise our hand because sometimes we ain't feeling it. But you mamas, you know. You know. Don't ever ignore what God's trying to show you in your life. Let's finish up. Then inquired he of when the hour, when he began to amend, and they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it is at the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth. 
Don't miss this last part of verse 53. And himself believed and his whole house. That word believe there means to have faith in a person. That word believe there means to become a believer. That word believe there means to put your faith in Jesus. He and his whole house. That, those words whole house means everybody in the home believed in Jesus. Here's the question. What happened to make them believe? What happened to make them believe? They can't be, but one thing happened. That daddy come home, that nobleman. He come home, and when he walked into that house, he had to tell them what happened. And you know what he told them? He said, I went up here, I traveled a day, and I met this man by the name of Jesus. And this man by the name of Jesus told me that you was going to be all right, son. And when Jesus spoke to me and said, you was going to be all right, he said, I headed back to the house. And when I was headed back to the house, I run into the servants. And the servants come and told me that you was going to be all right, son. And he said, what we figured out was the very same hour yesterday that Jesus told me you was going to be okay is exactly the same time that you was touched and that you was healed. And I just come home to tell you that Jesus' word can change everything. And it said the whole house believed. That means the daddy believed, the mama believed, the son that was sick believed, and all the servants in the house believed. The whole kit and caboodle believed in Jesus. And then this is the second miracle which Jesus had done. But I want to ask you something. What's the miracle? What's the miracle? The miracle is that the son was touched and Jesus wasn't even there to touch him. His word touched him. That's the miracle. You know what? I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. But that ain't the only miracle that happened. Everybody in that house believed that Jesus is who he said he was. That's a miracle. It's a miracle. Miss Gina. So here's the question at the end of the message this morning. If you're looking for something, if you need something this morning, I listen. The Lord has showed me things all my Christian life. And the Lord has used all kinds of things in my life to speak to me and to help me. And I am not making light of that. You hear me? I'm not making light of it. But it's amazing how many people is looking for Jesus to do something for them. And they'll say this, if the lights will go out, I'll believe you. There you go. If the lights will come back on, 
I'll believe you. Whoop, there you go. And there has been times in all of our lives where God has done miracles and we're like, wow. God, you showed me that and that's as clear as anything I've ever seen. But you and I can't get up, get all caught up in a rainbow in the sky. It is a promise. You and I can't get all caught up in a bird that lands on a fence post. You and I can't get all caught up in the power going out and the power coming back in. On, But I'm going to tell you what we can get caught up in. You and I can get caught up in the very Word of God. Because the words of Jesus, the Word of God, the Bible you hold in your lap, that is where you will find the answers of life. It's in the Word. You say, that Bible won't answer my questions. You'd be surprised what that Bible can do for you. God won't show me nothing through the Word through that. You'd be surprised what He can show you through His Word. There might be someone here today. You're needing something. You're needing some direction. You're needing some help. And as our brother sung this morning, come here. Come here. And fall on your knees in this altar. And ask him to give you some help. And ask him to speak a word into your soul. To give you peace and to give you direction. Me and Tina hadn't been married very long. We lived in a little house off of Deaverview Road over in West Asheville. And we got up one Sunday morning. Getting ready for church. She come in there and told me, she said, well, we got a problem. I said, what's the problem? She said, the water's froze. I said, well, what a blessing. I said, we'll just do the best we can do. And we'll just head on to church. I had hair then. It's all matted up, you know, how it is. I'm going to tell you, there is some blessings of being bald. <laughs> you can get somewhere quicker. So we was getting ready to leave for church, and I went over, I never will forget this, I went over to the kitchen sink, and it had one of those faucets, you know, like this, up, cold, hot, one handle. I stood there, and I was like, God, now, forgive me, but this is how I am sometimes. I'm like, God, if you're real, anybody ever said something like that to God? Am I the only one that's ever said that? Y'all are making me so nervous right now. I'm like, God, if you're real, let this water come on. And I was like, nothing. I said, let's go to church. Let's go on to church. I'm sitting there in church. Listen now. The man of God's up preaching and he says, just trust the Lord, have faith. And I'm like. And this thought comes into my mind. Your water's stalled out. Your water's stalled out. And I thought, yeah, yeah. We leave church that Sunday. Come walking into the house and I hear something. As soon as I open the door and it's going. 
Now look, the kitchen sink. I jerked that handle up, forgot to cut it off. When I got home, that thing was just running. It was just running. You said, boy, I bet you praised God, didn't you? I was ashamed, Dean. I walked over and cut the water off. And this was my next words. I said, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. I'm putting limitations on God that if the waters don't start running, then you're not real. If the sky don't split when I think it should, then God, you're not real. And he said, son, I give you a word. I give you a word. That's what you need today. You need the Lord to give you a word. Miss Gina. So he needs